great to see everybody again. I really hope that you had a, a good time with your friends and family, or if you went home, and uh, that you were able to enjoy coming into this new year as well. And it's, it's great to have a big group like you out. Uh, for those of you that maybe have never been out here before, I especially want to just give you a special welcome, and I hope that you can uh, connect with several people here not only tonight, but over the next few weeks if you, if you keep coming out. So um, if you have not been with us this fall, or if you have been, I want to just kind of recap a little bit um, of the things that we covered since September, okay? We, we actually were in a series looking at the godly ways of how we are to relate to others. And we focused a little bit on romantic relationships, then we looked at all kinds of different relationships in our lives to our family, to friends, to coworkers, to how do we relate with those who believe something completely different than what we believe, and how those things kind of, our beliefs rub up against one another and kind of cause some friction at times, and what's the godly way for us to to love and care and walk those relationships out. And then we looked at some godly characteristics uh, that God wants us to demonstrate as we relate to others as well. So that was our fall. As the teaching team got together, um, kind of November, I guess it was early, very beginning of December is when we got together, I think, uh, we were praying about and just asking God, where do you want us to go for this next season? And we kind of sensed that God was directing us down a similar uh, vein as the relationship series in terms of relating, but that we, we were to f take a season to focus on uh, relating to Him, relating to God. Uh, in other words, to look at things like just flat out, can we relate to God? Um, through what means do we relate with God? Do we have a right view of who God is in our minds currently? We think we do, but is that actually accurate? Where did that come from? What does it look like to daily be in relationship with God in a practical sense? Like to actually walk through this life here on earth, having a relationship with him? How can we gauge the quality of how we're relating to God? Because sometimes it can be, it could be really cerebral in how are we relate to God. Other times it could be like a sense that he is here in the room with us and this tangible presence. What develops trust and intimacy in our relationship with God? Okay, so these are just some of the things that we want to explore a little bit through this next season. God, from the Old Testament all the way through to when Jesus walked the earth, okay, and the disciples who walked and did life with him, uh, what they wrote in, in the Word of God in the New Testament, God invites us to know and to relate with Him in a personal way, not just to have a head knowledge about Him. And that changes everything 
depending on which camp you're in? Do you have that personal, deep relationship with him where you're talking with him every day, you're asking him about things, you're seeking his will, you're letting him be the Lord of your life? Or is it just kind of this cerebral, kind of like we go to class, we take in knowledge about who he is, but it never really translates into like how we walk differently every day. Okay, We're, if you want your life to be transformed and to look like Jesus or you read about Jesus and you go, that sounds awesome, but your life isn't ever being transformed in that way, maybe it's because it's stayed up here. Maybe it's because we're afraid to relate with him in the kind of way that we step out in faith and start putting some of the things in practice that he would ask us to do and trust him. And we struggle to trust because maybe we don't have relationship with him, the kind of relationship that it would require to trust. So through the next several weeks, we want to look at, at some of these things. Over several years of relationship with friends, family in my life, I've seen the results of some who have had very little relationship with God in their life. They didn't really know who he was, and therefore they were certainly going to struggle to trust what his word had to say about them, and if they were valuable or not, if their life mattered, um, or what his word had to say about how to live this life. And as a result, they were kind of left to follow their own moral compass, their own value compass, and to somehow create their own sense of belonging or purpose as to why they were here. And life has many challenges for everyone, whether you are a follower of God or, and believe in God and relate with him well or whether you don't. There is challenges for everybody. But those challenges proved to be very significant and very difficult for my friends or my family to walk through when they had no foundation, when everything was crumbling down, they had no foundation to sit on. There was no bottom. And there was just a, a, a hopelessness that was hard to actually stand and walk alongside of them and watch them wrestle through. In contrast, those that I know that seem to really know God well and relate with him regularly, put effort into that, trust him, and were willing to actually submit to walk according to his leading, seemed to have a strength or a courage, a depth to navigate those hard seasons of life when they entered into that. And they were going through some of the same things that my other friends were going through. Where they were wrestling through some of the things of their past that were out of their control. When all of a sudden it came to the forefront and they're going, I, I have to now walk this path. I have to deal with this. Or it could be a current issue that took place that they just went, I don't know why this is happening to my health. I don't know why this is going on 
in the path that I thought I was going to go down in life, and now everything is over, and I have to restart again. There just seemed to be a strength and a courage and a hope to navigate those hardships in a different way. They also seemed to just kind of enjoy life more because of the blessings that came with walking in obedience to the ways of God. Now, when I talk about these two different groups, I'm not just talking about people that, that call themselves Christians versus those who don't. I'm actually talking about some of those uh, people that called themselves Christians but still didn't know God or relate with him in a, in a personal and ongoing way, in, in a daily way. And as a result, wrestled when those hardships hit. Because their relating with God still remained up here. It didn't, the control, who was, who was Lord in their life, in their heart, hadn't shifted. Or maybe those of us that trust what God has to say about who we are to God as loved, cherished, cleansed, and redeemed, we like that part, but we haven't trusted God enough to let him be the Lord of our lives and obey what his word asks us to do in order to follow him. So this begs some questions in my mind. And we're going to explore some of these tonight. What does your relating to God look like? Do we relate well with God? Or do we just relate well with him when it's convenient for us and things are going well? What is the quality of your relating to God like? Is it strained? Is it virtually non-existent? Is it thriving? Is it encouraging? Is it having relationship with God? Does it bring stability to you? All through the Bible, it speaks of God relating to his creation, his people. And it hasn't changed for today. He still desires to relate to his people. Adam and Eve... He created them, he talked with them, he walked with them, he had relationship with them. Abraham and Sarah, Moses, many prophets, David, all in the, in the Old Testament. He didn't have to relate with them. He could have created them and stepped back, but instead he leaned in and he initiated he desired a conversation with them. Then, God, in trying to relate to those many years later on the earth, sends Jesus in person, flesh, blood, in the same image that, uh, that, they, that we were designed to talk to us, to relate with us to explain who the Father was. That was one of his messages, is that he said, I am here to point you to who the Father is. That was his purpose. 
Have you ever had those times where you just kind of knew that God was trying to say something to you? You're doing your own thing. You could be working. You could be having fun doing something. And all of a sudden, you just have this this kind of knowing where you're kind of going, I think God just brought that to my mind, or you're reading his word and something jumps out at you, and immediately it, it connects with your heart and you just go, something's got to change. This is what it's like for God to relate to us. These are some of the ways that he tries to reach into our lives. You guys, I remember leading worship in a, uh, it was actually an old bar in Poland. And we set up a, a coffee house in this old bar. We rented it out for several months. And I was exhausted the one day, and I, I f- we were going down to... Um, the coffee house and somebody else was going to play music and they got sick and they called me up and said hey can you come and play you know some worship and some music and stuff and and to be honest I in my flesh I was just going I don't want to do this I remember carrying my guitar down there it was it was about uh, four kilometers so I had to carry my guitar down there and I drag it in and I was kind of like maybe maybe nobody will even want this tonight Sure enough, somebody came up, oh, are you going to play? Like, come on, let's do this. Okay. And I grabbed my guitar and sat down on a stool, and this coffee house was packed. To be honest, we, we had close to about the same amount of people as we have here tonight. And I pulled the guitar out, and I just prayed and said, God, I, I'm empty. I don't I don't feel like I got anything to offer, but I know that you want to do something. You care about every person in this room, right? Because he's the relating God. And so I just went, okay, here we go. And I just started truly in my heart. I could have cared less if anybody was listening to me. I just started worshiping God because I needed it. I needed to relate with him. And I needed to be reminded of who he was. And that's, the, that's what the songs were about that I was singing. I don't recall exactly how many songs I did, but there was probably about seven or eight songs. And to be honest, I never opened up my eyes. I just kept playing and singing. And I finally finished this one song, and it was, com- this is a coffee house where people are talking and laughing, right? I finished the song, And it was completely silent. And I was just sitting there with my eyes closed. And I was like, what? And I opened up my eyes. You guys, for sure, 50% of the people in that room were not believers. Had no relationship with God. Every single person in that room was sitting there with their head down and their eyes closed, silent. That's weird if you're not a follower of Jesus. Who does that? Let's go, I don't know, we got 50 or so of us, let's 
go in a room and uh, close her eyes and put her heads down and just sit there silent. Cool, man. Let's do that. Like, I looked up and saw this, and I just said, some of you know who we are, some of you don't. But we've talked to many of you about who God is and that he is a personal God and he wants to relate to you. One of the ways he does that is through his Holy Spirit. And what you're experiencing right now is his Holy Spirit coming and just being with us. And I sang one more song and I had you guys, a lineup of people coming up to me going, this one guy was a, he was a, the national taekwondo champion of Poland. He's this big guy, okay? And, and uh, he came up to me, tears pouring down his face, and he was like, what was that all about? I have never experienced anything like that before in my life. And we just had this great conversation about how God wants relationship with us. Just conversation after conversation that night. This is the God that created each one of us, that related with those in the Old Testament, that related with those in the New Testament, and desires to relate and walk through life with us today. He wants to know our struggles. He wants to know our pains. He wants to know our victories. He wants you to invite him into your world and let him make his home in you. That's what he desires. So with that being said, um, Erica was up here, gave an announcement about the discipleship journey. I'm going to turn your attention to the screen up here. If you have gone through the discipleship journey, you have heard Dave Buring, because uh, he's the, the one who designed the discipleship material that we've used, and he has these teaching videos. And I was watching this again this week, because I'm going to be meeting with a group of guys next week um, to go through this. And when I listened to this, I just thought, I, I want us all to hear this. So if you've gone through discipleship journey before, you've heard this, but I'm sure you'll probably still get something more out of it. If you haven't gone through it, um, and you've heard us talking about discipleship groups, uh, now you'll get a little bit of a taste of it. Um, and, and we're going to be running more of these groups in the fall, and maybe you're going to go, man, I would like to be a part of a group like that in the future. So... With that being said, I want you to hear what he has to say. It's like a 13-minute video on relating to God, and then I'm just going to come up and, and guide some discussion time, okay, for the night. So with that, I'm just going to let it go here. We are at this moment as close to God as we really choose to be. True, there are times when we would like to know a deeper intimacy, but when it comes to the point we are not prepared to pay the price involved. Hi, I'm Dave Buring. Welcome to this conversation on knowing God. That quote is from a man who I've sat under his teaching when I was a young man, a man by the name of J. Oswald Sanders. He's a New Zealand theologian and missionary. And that statement impacted my life 
as I was 18 years of age. I was sitting in a Youth with a Mission YWAM School of Evangelism and he came to speak. And when I heard him say that, it's something inside me challenged me to realize that I'm as intimate or as close to God as I'm choosing to be. So in other words, it put the ownership back on me. God is always pursuing us and he longs to have intimate friendship with us, deep friendship where we can walk with him, where we can hear his voice, where we can follow his lead in our lives. And yet oftentimes we aren't willing, as J. Oswald Sanders says here, to pay the price involved. And oftentimes that price is the prioritization of our seeking God above all else. It's the taking time alone with him to grow in friendship. Now as you and I know, to the degree that you spend time alone with somebody or where it might be with a pack or a group of people, the more you get to know them. I think about my wife, Cheryl. We've been married now for many years and yet there's still a need for us to go out on dates. There's still a need for us just to get away, just the two of us, to be able to foster our deep friendship, our intimate friendship. And it's, our, it's that same way with God. God longs for us to spend that kind of quality time with Him. So as we get started, let me ask you a question. How passionate are you in your pursuit of God? Are you apathetic about it now? Or are you diligently, faithfully, consistently having times alone with God in the Word and in prayer, maybe in worship, listening to His voice? See, as we walk with God like that, that determines how fruitful our relationship with Jesus will really be. And He longs for us to know Him, but it takes time and commitment to be able to do that, just like it does in a human relationship. Well, I want to talk with you a little bit today about what is God really like? And maybe where are those points in our lives that we find ourselves tripping over things, that it's not allowing us to, to get to that place to really know God? Well, first of all, I want to say this. The scriptures from Genesis through Revelation paint an incredible picture of what God's really, really like. When you start in Genesis and you see God as the creator, that he began earth, he began creation, he created man in an amazing way. And we see God as creator and he hasn't stopped creating. I mean, every time that we see a, a little one born, we see a sunset or a sunrise, we continue to see the creating of God. We see that through people as they write songs, as they create books and works of art, the creation of God. When you go through Exodus, you see God as the deliverer, his people stuck in Egypt, 400 years in bondage. And yet we see God, the deliverer. And as you go throughout the scriptures, book by book, you see more and more of the character of God. And it's an important thing. It's an important thing for us to press in to know him. And the scriptures reveal him to us. Now, all through the Bible, there is again these, these portraits, if I can call it, of God that are created for us as we read the Bible. When you get to the very last book of the Bible, Revelation, you see things like King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You see he's the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. You see all these descriptions of him. He's the living one. He's the Lamb of God. He's our Savior. Well, all these things give us glimpses of who he is and what he's really like. And God invites us to know him. The key, as I said a few minutes ago, is this. What's your pursuit of Him like? Is it lackadaisical? Is it, ah, just when I feel about it? Or is there a diligent, deliberate pursuit 
of getting to know God. Just like you do with people that you want to get to know, people that you love, people that you have long-term friendship with, through experiences, through getting to know their character, through seeing the way they go about doing things. You get to know them. And here's the awesome thing about it. As you get to know somebody, you begin to trust them. And you trust the words they say. You trust that they got your back. They trust, you trust that they will always, to the best of their ability, choose your highest good. Well, God wants us to know Him like that because He wants us to understand that He is trustworthy and that He does have our back and that He does go ahead of us to prepare a way and that He always chooses our highest good and that when there's moments of difficulty, moments of suffering inside, moments of pain, He wants us to know, I'm with you always. He doesn't say sometimes. He says always. Well, He invites you and I into a journey, a lifetime journey. It, it never comes to an end. A lifetime journey, a discovery that I believe will continue to go on in heaven when we see Him for who He really is. And we, we've understood, man, He's a God of grace, but now He kind of turns and gives us a different dimension when we're there in heaven and we see, wow, I never saw that aspect of God, of His grace, like I have now. It's kind of like a diamond. You're looking at it, you're staring at it, and you go, man, it's beautiful. But when you just turn it ever so slightly, you see different colors, you see different angles, you see beauty that you didn't see before over here. It'll be like that in heaven, a continual unveiling of God. That's why there's so much worship in heaven. And I don't know if, what your thoughts are about heaven if you just think it's going to be some endless church service. Trust me, it's not like that at all. It's a constant revealing of God and our response to Him, along with many other things. There's a lot of great books out there on heaven that'll give you some insights of what it's really like. But what I want to say to you is this. When the angels in heaven, why are they constantly worshiping? It's because God's revealing Himself to them. So imagine it like, you know, like this, the angels worshiping. And it, it says in Revelation, they're saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Or they're saying, Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. And as they're worshiping and they're seeing that, they're responding to God like that. And then he turns and reveals more. And there's another round of holy, 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 worthy, worthy. It's not mechanical. It's not just that's your job. Just keep repeating this over and over for eternity. That's not the way it is. It's God revealing himself to us so that we can see what he's really like. God revealing himself to the angels. And that's why there's this constant response. They see how holy He is, which means set apart, so other, so different, so awesome. And He's so worthy because of who He is and what He's done for us. It's an awesome thing. God's inviting you to pursue Him like that. He's inviting me to pursue Him like that. Here's one of the things that's important for us to understand. God wants us to know Him. He wants us to know Him so much that He sent Jesus so that, if you can put it this way, put on... Uh, a suit of skin, that we could see what he's really like. And Jesus says, if you've, seen the if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So when we see Jesus, we get a glimpse of what God the Father is really like. And yet, I am pretty convinced, being in ministry for many years now, and walking with various people in various settings, from pastoring to mentoring and discipling and leading, I think the, I think the devil has a strategy to try to distort and disfigure the image of God in my heart and mind and in yours. See, because here's his thought. If he can twist what God's really like and turn it to a different way, distort it, disfigure it, 
so that we really believe that's the way God is versus the way the scriptures say he is, see, then we get ourselves in trouble and we start believing lies about God. Remember, the Bible tells us that the devil is a liar and he will do everything he can to try to get us to believe things that are not true about God. So let me ask you this question. What do you maybe believe about God that's not even close to being true? And how did it get there? How did it get there? I think it would be wonderful if one day to help each other out, we could snap our fingers and there's this bubble that comes over our head that, that fills in for us a picture of what we really believe about God. So when we look at each other, we can say, hmm, you, you really see him as harsh. Ah, you see him as this angry God. Ah, you see him as you got to always perform to have acceptance so that we could see that. Well, it, it doesn't work that way as we know. But what God does want to do is reveal to us what we really do believe about him. Here's here's something that that I believe very deeply. The image of God that you carry around in your heart and mind affects the way you live your daily life. Let me say that one more time. The image of God that you carry around in your heart and mind affects the way you live your daily life. Now, as you know, an image is like a picture. It's not the real thing. A picture might be on a piece of paper or on a monitor that we look at. It's an image. It's not the real thing. And see, what the enemy of our soul wants to do is he wants to paint for us an image of God that's, that's not the real thing and get it distorted and disfigure that thing so we don't want to have anything to do with God, that he's unattractive to us, that would make us um, be repulsed by God. And what you and I need to do is we need to be faithful to get into the scriptures. And we need to say, God, would you show me what you're really like? One of the ways that I am trying to press into God and to see Him more is as I'm reading my Bible, this particular Bible now that I I purchased not too long ago, is I am taking the time to highlight in purple every time I run across a, a name, title, or attribute of God. But you see, that's one of the ways He reveals Himself to us. We, we don't, right now, we can't touch Him and get our arms around Him. And paintings don't always do Him justice, do they? But the reality is the Scriptures paint a marvelous portrait of what he's really like. And so for me, what I have been doing, here here I am in the book of Psalms, and every time you see something here in purple, it's either a name, a title, or an attribute of God, his mercy, his faithfulness, his love, his justice, um, names like he's the king of kings, the lord of lords, he's the shepherd, those kinds of things. And I, I highlight them in purple. And the reason I'm doing that is because as I use this Bible for the rest of my life, I want to be able to have the character of God screaming at me. I want to be able to see God for what he's really like. And one of the ways to do that is to take the time in the word. And when you run across one of these names, titles, and attributes of God, pause and consider it. And then say, okay, what have I really thought he was like versus what he's really like? And begin to let God move you away from some of those false images, some of that false disfiguring that the enemy of our soul has tried to do to align you rightly to what God's really like. You see, that's how it works. When you become a Christian, you have a new father in heaven. You had a great dad, you maybe didn't have such a great dad. Regardless, when you become a Christian, you have a new father that brings you into his family. And like any good father, they want to reveal what they're really like. They want you to be convinced of their love, of their faithfulness, of them being trustworthy, of their mercy and grace. Well, you're a part of that family. And the most important part of being a part of that family is getting to know God. 
You see, that's something that we need to begin to put our time into. So as we close this first session, I just want to ask you, how much time are you putting in to knowing God? Say as opposed to watching television, taking in other media-related stuff, in busy activities, even giving priority to friendships. Now, should we enjoy that stuff? Of course. Don't mishear me. But what I am saying is, compared to those things, how much time are we spending putting in getting to know God? So consider that this week and begin to create some new habits in your life. Regular times with Jesus, where you're just spending time in his word reading, paying attention to what he's saying to you, paying attention to what he's revealing to you about himself. That's where it all begins. Remember, you can be as intimate with God, as close to God as you choose to be. God's there. He's pursuing us. How's your pursuit of him? Okay, so I just want to lead us in some discussion here right now. I, you'll see some questions that are going to go up, in, up here, but there's some I want to highlight. And the, the first thing that I want to just say to you is, was there something, because the Holy Spirit is here, wherever we are gathered, that's what Scripture says, and the Holy Spirit will often, as we listen to somebody up here teaching or we're in a time of worship, the Holy Spirit might all of a sudden just kind of give us an impression or we hear something in it and it's kind of that thing in our heart that we go, oh wow, I either want, I desire that, I want that, or I, I need to make an adjustment in my life, whatever it might be. Um, so first thing is this, did the Holy Spirit maybe prompt something in you and what was it? And what are you going to do about it? What's, what's your step of obedience to make that adjustment? Okay. Um, and then up here, the first two questions are questions that Dave actually uh, mentioned in the teaching. So how passionate are you in your pursuit of God? So what is, or what is your pursuit of God like? Second one, how much time are you investing into getting to know God? The third and fourth question, I think, are really key. What is the quality of your relating to God like? Like, I have a really good friend. He was the best man in my wedding. Um, we're not always physically in the same place. He lives a couple hours away. He's married, has kids. He happened to be here uh, last, last night at my place. Um, came in with a couple of his kids and stayed overnight. Had to pick up some stuff and, and head back home. And we love those times when we're together. But we still have quality relationship even when he's living two hours away and we can pick up the phone and call each other and we're giving each other a hard time and laughing and we're, we're crying together when... We lose family members and all kinds of things. What's the quality of your relationship with God like? Whether he feels close, whether it, it feels like there, hasn't, there isn't this real tangible presence of God in your life, what is the quality like? And the last one, what are some new practical and doable rhythms you could create in your life today to mature in how you relate to God. Okay, just small steps. 
not gigantic ones, okay? Some of our New Year's resolutions are gigantic and then we don't live up to them. What are some of the doable things that we could do? Okay, so just turn. Um, if you want to do your whole table, you can, but I'd suggest maybe just three or four people and just turn and, and what's, what's something that stood out that was said tonight that you kind of feel maybe the Holy Spirit brought, brought to your attention? Um, or you can answer any one of, any one of these questions and, and navigate through that, okay? Can we get the house lights up, Jason? Thanks. So just take some time and do that. I'm going to pray for us quickly, and then you can uh, go into your time of discussion. Once you're done in your group, we have snack out in the foyer, and you can feel free to hang out, okay? So, so God, we thank you that you are a, a relational God. And we're excited about this next season where we get to um, grow in how we relate with you. So we invite you to come and to teach us and to relate with us and to presence yourself among us. That we're not just singing songs, but we're actually bowing before you and worshiping you, the living God, who desires to relate with us. And if we have some rhythms in our lives that create a hindrance in how we relate to you or we have an image in our mind of who you are that is not correct, we invite you to change those rhythms and to change those beliefs through your word, through the teachings, through reflections on those things. We pray this in your name. Amen.